What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about actress Emma Stone in the movie True History of the Kelly Gang. But first, let's talk about actress Emma Stone. And the first time I saw Emma Stone was in the movie Superbad and thought she was good. And of course, I love that movie. But then all of a sudden, I started to see her in a lot of movies I would categorize as not so good. And those movies include The Rocker, House Bunnies, and Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. I thought Emma Stone was going to be one of those actresses that was in everything that wasn't necessarily good. I thought to myself, why is Hollywood putting this person on every single movie that's not really good? And then something changed. I started to see a string of movies that include Zombieland, Easy A, Crazy Stupid Love, and The Help. And the one that stands out from that list is Crazy Stupid Love. Emma Stone is not the lead of that movie. Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, even Julie and more probably have more scenes in that movie than Emma Stone but she gives one of the best performances in that movie it is such a likable performance and that's when I was like wow Emma Stone equals movie star and that's something I like about performers is that my opinions on them can change like again I thought of her as somebody who was in a lot of bad movies The Rock or House Bunny and Ghost of Girlfriends Past and then I see a movie like Crazy Stupid Love and I'm like I get it I get why people are on the Emma Stone train. She is one of the best actresses on the planet. And the moment you yourself realize that, again, it's something I hold dear that I was able to see that I was wrong about Emma Stone. And since that moment, since that movie, she has been one of my favorite actresses. And again, those other movies I listed are quite good too. Zombieland has become a cult classic. Easy A is like a love letter to the John Hughes movies of the 1980s. And of course, The Help was a major, major player at the Oscars, and Emma Stone's performance in that film is quite underrated. And then after those performances, she kind of goes mainstream and stars in The Amazing Spider-Man. And what I'll say about these two movies is I really like the first one. I love Andrew Garfield's performance in the first movie, and I love Emma Stone in that first film. Now, the what I don't like is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I think the second film is too much based on that relationship and I understand why. I mean, spoiler alert, Emma Stone's character dies in the second Amazing Spider-Man film, so they tried to build up that relationship as much as they could. But that film is quite troubled, and it doesn't work for me at all. I think that's the most unwatchable superhero film maybe of all time, but I really did like Amazing Spider-Man and thought her and Andrew Garfield really had a lot of great chemistry together and that she was given a lot more to do in that first film than Chris. Kirsten Dunst was ever given in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Again, Emma Stone was playing Gwen Stacy and Kirsten Dunst was playing Mary Jane. But I just think Emma Stone was given a role more substantial than just being the girlfriend of the superhero. And I quite appreciated that about the first Amazing Spider-Man film. Then Emma Stone gets her first Oscar nomination for the film Birdman, which rejuvenated the career of Michael Keaton. Edward Norton's in that film. Zach Galifianakis is in that film. Emma Stone is brilliant in that film and since that film she's been on quite a run of being in these critically beloved films I mean right after that a few years after is La La Land which is her absolute best performance she's fantastic she sings well and she perfectly displays the life of a struggling actress she 100% deserved to win the Oscar that year that was the best performance by any performer in 2016 I would 
was blown away by Emma Stone's performance in La La Land. And you can't talk about Emma Stone without mentioning the name Ryan Gosling. I mean, these two have tremendous amounts of chemistry together. They've been in three films, all three films I love dearly. I love Crazy Stupid Love. Again, it's just one of those films. Steve Carell's kills in it. Julianne Moore's fantastic in it. Even Kevin Bacon has some moments along with Marissa Tomei. But the shining glow of that film is Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. I mean, they carry that film. They have magical chemistry in that film. And then comes Gangster Squad, which is an underrated film, which isn't great, but the best parts of it feature Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. And then you have La La Land, which again just proves that they have great great, great chemistry, and they both got Oscar nominations. Emma Stone won. Ryan Gosling probably should have won. I mean, I want to see that pair of Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling star in at least eight more movies together before the end of their careers. That's how special I think they are on screen together. And even after Emma Stone won the Oscar for La La Land, I really think she's continued to improve in an actress. She's been in movies like The Battle of the Sexes, which is a super underrated film that stars her and Steve Carell. I mean, that was a great film. She played Billie Jean King and she appeared in the movie The Favorite along with Olivia Coleman, Rachel Weisz, and Nicholas Holt and received her third Oscar nomination. I mean, all three of them got nominated for Oscars for that film. That film was one of the best films of 2018. And again, I thought Emma Stone gave a tremendous performance. She did a great British accent in that film. And again, she was kind of the comedic relief of that film, along with Nicholas Holt. I mean, the scenes between those two were my favorites of that film. Let's look at the upcoming films for Emma Stone. She's going to appear in the Disney film Cruella, a live-action adaptation of that villainous character. Listen, I don't know if this sounds like a great movie at all, but if you're having any second thoughts about it, I thought Maleficent with Angelina Jolie worked out way better than I ever would have expected. So I have hopes for the film Cruella and I believe in Emma Stone as an actress that she's not going to be a part of something that's going to be really, really bad. So I have high hopes for the film Cruella, but what I'm also super excited about is that there's a rumored reunion with Damien Chazelle for his next film, Babylon, which could co-star Brad Pitt. I would want nothing more in this world than a film that stars Emma Stone and Brad Pitt. So please, please make that happened, Damien Chazelle. Please put Emma Stone in a film along with Brad Pitt. I mean, Damien Chazelle of course directed La La Land. It's Emma Stone's best performance. So if Babylon really does come to fruition, I believe Emma Stone will be all-time great in that film. Quite simply, I think Emma Stone is the best actress working today and here's a list of movies that prove my point. Zombieland, Easy A, Crazy Stupid Love, The Help, The Amazing Spider-Man, Gangster Squad, Magic in the Moonlight, Birdman, Irrational Man, La La Land, Battle of the Sexes, The Favorite, and Zombieland Double Tap. Watch these films and appreciate the work of Emma Stone because I don't think there's any actress like her working today. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie True History of the Kelly Gang. Here's a quick synopsis. Young Australian Ned Kelly tries to avoid a life of crime he seems destined for only to become the leader of the infamous Kelly Gang. 
I really like this film. I didn't know much about Ned Kelly. Again, this is a fictional story about him, but I quite enjoyed it. I think it's one of the better films of 2020 so far, and one of the biggest reasons why is George Mackay. He gives a completely different type of performance from the one he gave in 1917. He's so subtle in that film, he barely speaks, but in true history of the Kelly gang, he's boisterous as Ned Kelly. It's a great performance. I mean, this guy, George Mackay, is going to become a movie star because of how compelling he is. The idea that he can play a character like Schofield and then play somebody like Ned Kelly, I mean, right there, he's already so interesting at such a young point in his career where he can lead those two types of movies. Also in this film is Nicholas Holt, who in my opinion, along with Robert Pattinson, is the most interesting actor today. He seems to realize it doesn't matter if he's the lead of a bad movie. It matters that he's interesting in a good movie. I mean, it seems like he's realized that since he starred in A Single Man along with Colin Firth. Ever since I saw him in that film and ever since he's been brilliant in scene-stealing roles in really good movies. Like Mad Max Fury Road, The Favorite, also The Current War. I mean, he plays Nikola Tesla in that film. He's barely in the film, yet he's so endlessly interesting in that. In The Favorite, he's up against free movie stars, yet I think he gives the best performance of that film, and he didn't even get Oscar nominated. And then going back to Mad Max Fury Road, a film that has Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron. It's the performance of Nicholas Holt that has aged the best. I mean, again, it doesn't matter if he's the lead of movies. It matters that he's interesting in interesting films. That's why it's so fascinating that he was reportedly the runner-up to Robert Pattinson for being Batman, because both of them seem to have the same strategy. They don't want to be the lead in boring films that we've already seen before. They want to be in interesting films and work with the best filmmakers and that's what Nicholas Holt is doing he is being in films directed by the best filmmakers right now Tom Ford, George Miller, and oh, by the way, Yorgos Lanthimos. That's the list of filmmakers that Nicholas Holt is working with right now. Those are the most interesting filmmakers, and all they have in common is Nicholas Holt is appearing in their films, and that's why it's a good strategy. Take a smaller part in a film directed by a master filmmaker instead of being the lead in an unmemorable film, and that's what Nicholas Holt is doing, and more actors should follow that strategy. From the minute he comes on screen in this movie, he steals the film. He's delightfully sinister in this film, and it's the most memorable performance of this movie. No matter how good George Mackay is in this film, Nicholas Holt steals the movie. Also in this movie are Charlie Hunnam and Russell Crowe, and for Charlie Hunnam, I've been a huge fan of him ever since he played Percy Fawcett in The Lost City of Z. I've even liked him in King Arthur and all of his movies to me are so interesting. Triple Frontier, I'm a big fan of. I also loved him in the Guy Ritchie film, The Gentleman. I mean, I've just been a big fan of this guy's movie career. I think he's become underrated. I think he's equally interesting as a leading man as he is a supporting actor. I mean, the guy's been in Pacific Rim and Crimson Peak. He's worked with Guillermo del Toro twice now. This guy is a legitimate movie star. 
And again, he's quite good in this film. He doesn't really have any scenes with the George Mackay character, but along with Russell Crowe, those two have some intense scenes together. Charlie Hunnam is a name you should pay attention to. When I see him in a movie, I know he's going to do something interesting in that film. Then you have the legend himself, Oscar winner Russell Crowe in a smaller role. Listen, I really like the films that Russell Crowe has been a part of recently. The Nice Guys, which is a super funny film, which he co-starred along with Ryan Gosling. Then you have Boy Erased, where he was really good along with Lucas Hedges. I mean, this guy has become a really good supporting actor. I think we're past the time where Russell Crowe was a leading man. I think he's into that part of his career where he's going to be a supporting actor, but there are still moments where he can be Oscar winner Russell Crowe and he can carry a film for a few moments or so, and he absolutely does that in this film, and that's the Russell Crowe I want to see from now on. I mean, who isn't a Russell Crowe fan? I absolutely loved Free Ten to Yuma and State of Play. I mean, those are some of his underrated classics. You, of course, have Gladiator, A Beautiful Mind. This guy is an absolute legend, and yes, it's kind of sad to see that he's no longer a leading man, but I now really enjoy him as a supporting actor, and I think more people should take notice because I think his career is far from done. And also in this movie, you have Essie Davis and Thomas and McKenzie who have exceptional chemistry with Mackay. They all get to have moments with George Mackay. I mean, Thomas and McKenzie is absolutely on fire right now. I thought she had the best performance in Jojo Rabbit, like I previously said on that podcast. Listen to that one. I think she had the best performance of that film, and I'm excited to see where her career goes from here. Let's talk about the director of this film, Justin Kurzel. He also directed Macbeth, which starred Michael Fassbender, Marion Cotillard, Sean Harris, Jack Reiner, Elizabeth Debicki, and David Thewlis. I'm a big fan of that film, and I'm a big fan of this film. I mean, this guy makes interesting films that look magnificent. I mean, he is a visual filmmaker. This film looks intense, and it's a wild and crazy ride. I think the thing I liked about this movie, The True History of the Kelly Gang, was that at some point in this film, Ned Kelly begins to believe his own myth and thought he was larger than life, and others in his life worried for him, but no, he started to believe his own hype. He thought he was more than just a man, but by the end, he is just a man. There's a breaking point at some point in the film where Ned Kelly realizes there's no avoiding this based on his background. He's going to go down this life of crime. This is the only way for him to be him. He thinks it's the only thing that he's special at because he was never given a chance at anything else other than this life. And the other characters in this film are kind of challenging him to get to this point in his life where he becomes a criminal. His own mother sells him off to the Russell Crowe character, which is one of the saddest moments in the film. But then you also have a moment with Nicholas Holt's character and George Mackay's character where he basically says, Ned, I know you're not a killer. And I think at that point is when Ned Kelly realizes he can't be back and forth between both worlds. He needs to go full in and form the Kelly gang. So the Essie Davis character was trying to get him to that point to become a criminal. And the Nicholas Holt character was saying, I know you're not a real criminal. So it basically every person in his life 
the Russell Crowe character included, the Charlie Hunnam character included, got him to the point where he became Ned Kelly, the leader of the infamous Kelly gang. And I think the movie brilliantly explores this idea that Ned Kelly is not a terrible person. He's not a murderous villain. He is somebody who believes you do anything in your power to survive. He's somebody who cares for his family. The Kelly gang are built with his brothers and friends. Like, this is a guy who cares about a lot of stuff. At some point in the movie, he tries to make a deal with the Nicholas Holt character to get his mother's husband out of prison. I mean, he is somebody who would abide by the laws if he thought the laws would help him survive. But no, this is somebody who's doing everything in his power for him and his family to survive and prosper to live a better life. Also, this movie kind of explores nature versus nurture because in the end, Ned Kelly was so close to walking away from his mother and from his family and from that life of crime that all of a sudden he walks right back in and then he's destined to go right back on the road to becoming the leader of the Kelly Yang. Like he easily could have avoided that, but the nurture and the love that he thought he had from his family got him back into a life of crime and down a path that he really didn't want to go into. But again, once he's there, he goes head on and becomes the Ned Kelly that we all know that he's famous for. And no one in Ned's Kelly's life was trying to help him avoid that life of crime. I mean, his mother wouldn't send him off to school. Russell Crowe's character was trying to get him to be his apprentice or whatnot. There was no mentor, not even the Charlie Hunnam character who was in the law force, was trying to get Ned Kelly on the right path. They had all just accepted it for what it was, that he was going to go down this path no matter what, even though it easily could have been avoided. I really enjoyed this film, and I think True History of the Kelly Gang has everything I want from a movie as an interesting plot, interesting character, this mythical figure that I didn't know a lot about, and it has a lot of good to great actors just going for it, from George Mackay to Nicholas Holt, Russell Crowe, Charlie Hunnam, S.C. Davis, Thomas and McKenzie. They all feel like they're in the same film, and the ending is one of the best endings in a film this year. It's visually stunning, it's tragic, what ends up happening to the Ned Kelly character who starts to buy into his own myth that he's larger than life. That's the sadness of the story is that this guy who stopped at nothing to avoid a life of crime got sucked into it and got so far sucked into it that he started to think he was bigger than any man alive, that he was more than just a normal guy and he ended up dying in a normal fashion because at the end of the day, he is only human. Ned Kelly might be a myth, but the guy ended up being just another person. My absolute favorite scenes in this film are the ones between George Mackay and Nicholas Holt. Those are two movie stars having great chemistry with one another and then becoming foes. I mean, it is just quite a special relationship that they have in this film. They made this movie worth watching. Just for those performances alone from George Mackay and Nicholas Holt, you should definitely check out this film. I definitely recommend you watch True History of the Kelly Gang. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And this week I put the spotlight on actress Emma Stone and the movie True History of the Kelly Gang. Next week I'm putting a spotlight on the movies The Outpost starring Scott Eastwood, Caleb Landry Jones, and Orlando Bloom. 
and the latest film from Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of the Chicago 7, starring Yahya Abdul-Mateen, Sasha Baron Cohen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Michael Keaton, Eddie Redmayne, Mark Rylance, and Jeremy Strong. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. 